and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Thank you, Christian. I found myself uh, thinking about snowboarding for the last 10 minutes. Thank you, Frank. Anyone feel a snowboarding ministry trip coming on this year? Praise the Lord. Paid by the pastor, someone. You know, the Bible tells us to call, um, call the Lord Abba Father, Dad. And uh, we're in a prayer meeting this morning and I was talking to dad and, and he, he just overwhelmed me with his love. And I found myself, you know, tearing up like I am now a little bit. And Jody prayed for me because she thought I was sick. We better pray for the pastor, he's sick, so he, so he can get through Vision Sunday. And uh, dad... Talking to dad seems bizarre, calling him dad, doesn't it? But he, he wants, us, he wants to, you to know that he loves you. And when you gain an awareness of his love, it actually makes you a little bit vulnerable, which we don't like. I don't like it. I'd hate this, this space of being a bit croaky and a bit quirky because uh, my defence mechanisms are, uh, you know, they've shut down just briefly. And uh, do you know what God's love does for us? You know, we talk about vulnerability. What it does, it actually just reveals our heart. And he wants you to know this morning that he loves you. Dad loves you. He wants you to experience his love. And, and, and you know, he wants you to be overwhelmed, not only with his love for you. He, it was an amazing time in the prayer meeting. And I, everyone else is praying. And I'm just having this moment by myself. And, and, and I was just overwhelmed with God's love for me. And then he overwhelmed me with his love for you. And he wants to give you this message. I love you. Dad loves you. Our heavenly dad loves us. Wow. That's special, isn't it? You know, there's a... Um, there was a date on the 28th of February 2003 and war between the US and Iraq was imminent and uh, there's the only reporters left in Baghdad were the Channel 9 Australian reporters and uh, they were pretty, pretty chuffed that they were the last ones standing who were going to bring the news you know, they were going to stand on the front line no matter whether it came. They were going to bring the news. And then they got the call, come home. And these reporters were, were on the phone, on the front, you know, on, in Baghdad, in this imminent war zone, um, arguing to stay on the front line, arguing to not come home to Australia. And they, were, and, and they, and they got the revelation that, you know, we're part of a team and when the, when the team captain makes a call, we've got to follow the call. So on the, on the, on the 1st of March 2003, 2003 they, they made the run for it across the Iraqi desert 
You see, there was no planes going out of Baghdad. They had to make the run for it across the Iraqi desert to Jordan. And when they got to Jordan, they jumped on a plane and flew to Kuwait. And when the plane is landing in Kuwait, the pilot comes over the speaker system and says, Welcome to Kuwait. The temperature is 22 degrees. It's sunny outside. The war has begun. And when they went down the, the, when they went down the, 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 the staircase off the aeroplane, they, took, they, they went, took them down into this vast bunker under the airport. And there they were in Kuwait through these steep airless staircases. There were air raid sirens going off. And they went down there. The bunker was full of people trying to flee the Middle East. People with all sorts of, from all sorts of different backgrounds. Lots of reporters who had been shipped out a little bit earlier and couldn't get out of Kuwait. And, then, and all sorts of other people who were all there in this bunker. And they were, people were crying. They were, and there was an understanding that, that Saddam Hussein was going to um, send in their direction uh, biological weapons chemical and biological weapons because Kuwait was where the US forces were being hosted for the, for the imminent attack. So everyone was concerned. No one had gas masks. People were actually wearing their handkerchiefs around their, around their um, faces just, to, just the, the thought that that may protect them. So people were crying. There was people upset. And then there was a couple, a French couple, named Natalie and Atlantis Presegur. And they're on their way home to Paris after five months in India. They were just very unlucky. They weren't trying to escape the Middle East. They were just on a connecting flight from India to Paris. And their plane landed in, in Kuwait. And there they are, stuck in this bunker. And there's people, there's people crying everywhere. There's these tough, tough frontline reporters all, you know, all trying to figure out how they're going to survive this thing. And this French couple did this most amazing thing. They reacted to their circumstances and the terror that was around them by moving into each other's arms and dancing the waltz. It was brief, but entirely elegant, said one of the reporters there. And that little act of grace and courage brought hope to all those who were in fear. It actually stemmed their fear until they all got to leave Kuwait and head on a plane back to their home countries. One little act of grace and courage. And here's the thing. As you can see, life's not about waiting for the rain to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. Most of the time we're praying to God that that the rain will pass. But he's saying, will you learn to dance in the rain? And as you, you know, as you picture that image, they're in this, they're in this bunker with air, air, air raid sirens going off and people are crying and there's masks, you know, people putting their handkerchiefs over their face. And, and I get this picture of Psalm 23. He prepares for us a table in the presence of our enemies. You know, the, there's, a, there's a, an imminent battle which has just begun. And here they are, all in this bunker, thinking that, that Saddam is going to be attacking the U.S. armies right where they are, right where the airport is, and the launching pad for this attack. And, and, and in the midst of that, this one couple who's got nothing to do with the war, who's just passing through, says, what have we got? What have we got that we can anchor ourselves to? We've got our love for each other. 
and our love for doing the waltz. So they do this beautiful waltz. And like us, what do we do? We sit with our Heavenly Father in the presence of rain, in the presence of challenge, in the presence of, of, of anything that, 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 that is oppressive. And we partake of communion. We partake of a meal together with our Heavenly Father. And what, what does that do? It brings hope to those around us. It stems the fear for those around us until the point where they can engage in a relationship with the Heavenly Father themselves. A vision this year is learning to dance in the rain. I love 1 John 4. It says this, says, Perfect love casts out fear. Isn't it interesting that just people seeing the love that these two had for one another, one another took away their own fear just for that moment? Don't wait for fear to subside. Learn to dance in the midst of the fear. So, how do we become these dancers in the time of challenge? How do we become the bringers of hope when confusion or selfishness or, 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 you know, or, or, or any, any atrocity or any, any burden or any depression or any anxiety or whatever comes around those people in our lives or even us, how do we become those people who can dance in the rain? How can we have little acts of grace and courage that can bring hope to our own lives and to those lives around us? We can only do it with the strength and the insight of our heavenly dad. Not a distant God who acknowledges our good behaviour and tips his hat towards us and says, okay, you can stay. No, a God who loves us unconditionally, who even, even when he corrects us, he's also simultaneously protecting us. What a God that we serve. He's, he, he says, call me Abba, Father, call me Dad, because I want you to know how deep my love runs toward you, how deep my affections are for you. Jesus was constantly overwhelmed with compassion. He, Jesus said, they said of Jesus, he had compassion on them, so he healed them. He has compassion on you today. He wants to overwhelm you this year with his love. He wants, to, he wants you to understand that his goodness knows no bounds towards you and towards those around you. And he wants you to be someone who releases that hope. Our vision is not actually about dancing. It's about knowing God. Dancing actually is inevitable for the people who do know God. You don't have to worry about the dancing. You need to be connected to your Heavenly Father and then the dancing will come. The, the little acts of courage and grace will come and the, you will see people's lives change around you. You will see people's demeanour change around you because you are carrying a hope that they don't understand but they can draw from it. They can draw from your hope and, but they can only draw from it in your presence until they retain, they gain the, the same hope themselves. I love it when someone gets saved in the Bible and it says, and he and his whole household were saved that day. What does that mean? Did the little kids all made a commitment to the Lord that day or were they saved because they are in the household of that person? We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But let me tell you that there's a covering, there's a hope that surrounds those people who know their God. 
And those people who know their God are conduits of grace and hope and courage. They, the people who come into your presence when you know God, the fear is stemmed, the anxiety is minimized, the depression is lifted, and the, and the hope of something better, a future, a future hope comes in to their vision. Their horizons of possibilities change. So here it is, our core scripture for this year. Daniel 11, 32. Those people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Those people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. The people who will carry out great adventure. They will have great acts of courage and grace. But we don't have to worry about that. The Lord's not saying you need to go and be strong. You need to go and carry out great exploits. No, we don't need to worry about being strong or doing these things. Being strong is inevitable for someone who knows God. Living a life of adventure and carrying out great exploits is inevitable for someone who knows God. You see, when we know God, we find freedom. And when we find freedom, we discover purpose. And when we discover purpose... We make a difference. Now that's living. Are you with me, church? That's living. We're all trying to get a life, aren't we? We're all trying to figure out what to do. We're all trying to, 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 to figure, you know, to, to, to get to a point where we've got this, this piece about our lives, where there's some sort of purpose and, and, and structure around our lives. He's saying, just spend some time getting to know me. Spend, spend some energy in my direction. And as you do, you will find a freedom that you never knew existed. And when you find that freedom, you, your anxiety will fade, your depression will, will lift, and your, your eyes will be open to the horizons of possibilities, to the purpose, to discovering fresh purposes in your lives. And when you discover that purpose, you will make a difference. And then, church, you will be living. You won't be striving to live. You won't be striving to find entertainment or joy. You will be living. You will be fulfilled. You could see it on Frank's, on Frank's um, demeanor this morning. Man, he's, he is living. He's going on a great exploit this week. He is stirred, isn't he? He, can't, he just wanted to preach the vision himself this morning. You could see it on him. And, you know, praise God for people who are living those adventures. Why can he do it? Because the man loves God and he knows God loves him. And he's discovered freedom. He's discovered purpose. And he's coming alive. This year, our vision, our endeavor, is to help you get to know God. We will be your relational guides for the duration of this season. We're on a couple's retreat. The bride of Christ and Christ. Hey, the kids and the dad. The kids and their dad are getting to know their dad. We have practical tools, tools for you to get to know God. We're going to teach you how to ask. We're going to teach you how to knock. We're going to teach you how to seek. We're going to give you tools that, that, that can engage you more deeply. We want you to be so full of God's spirit that it overflows out of you. He wants us to be conduits of his spirit. He says it's going to overflow out of your bellies like a river of living water. And people who step into your presence will gain hope. I love that scripture that, you know, the, that, 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 um, that the woman with the, with the issue of the blood touched Jesus' garment and power came from him and she was healed. There is a hope that is 
emanating from you as you engage in your relationship with God, as you begin to know him more deeply, as you begin to engage with him uh, like you never have before. You see, when we first meet Christ as our saviour, we need something of him. He says, come all who are weary and heavy laden, and he invites us into his house, into his family, and we become his brothers and sisters. He calls us, he calls us his friends. We are now the children by adoption of the living God. And once we're in that space, then what? Then we become like Christ. He resides in us. His, we are the temples of his Holy Spirit. His hope now comes out of us. So our job not, is not to actually uh, res- look for more blessing of God, but it's to get into God's presence and to understand that we are the blessing of God. You are the blessing of God. You are the hope, Christ in you, the hope of the world. This is the simplicity of our faith. Our prayer this year comes from Ephesians chapter 3. The, the Apostle Paul prays, he says, For this reason I bow my knees to the, heaven, to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Holy Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. See, we want to be rooted and grounded in the goodness of God, in the substance of God. There's a great... Um, I, I, I love listening to um, uh, Paul Keating, our former Prime Minister of Australia in Question Time, and he had a great statement, and I think it, was, it might have been to, to the Liberal leader, Andrew Peacock, and he says, he says in Parliament, on camera, you're all tip and no iceberg. You're all tip, you're all show, but there's no substance in your life. You're all tip and no iceberg. And I thought, what an amazing comment to say. You know, there, there was no comeback from that. It was, and, and, I, and I think this is, this is, when we look at a tree and we see its leaves, we go, wow, that's a beautiful tree. One of our elders, Kay Lemon, 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 Lenham, Lenham. This week we were praying at our, at our elders' meeting for, for you all and for this year and she gave us the picture that a healthy tree is actually very similar under the ground as it is above the ground. The root systems, if you flip a tree upside down, the only difference is there's no, there's no leaves on the roots. We celebrate the leaves but the leaves just show us that there is a tree that is tapped down deep into the substance that is beneath it. And this is the church that we are as we become rooted and grounded in God's love, as we begin to know him more deeply. You know, we love the leaves of God. You know, the, the Revelation, at the end of Revelation, it says the healing is for the nations is in the leaves. Why is it in the leaves? Because that's what they will see, the fruit in your life. They will see your strength. They will see you doing great exploits. But the strength is because those trees are planted in the river of God. They're planted in relationship with the king of all kings. They're saying, Dad, I love you. I love my dad. I love my heavenly dad. I love my earthly dad too, but I love my heavenly dad. Because it's only him that can simultaneously break me and make me. You know, the Lord wants to break you this morning. 
He wants to break you this year. He wants to take all your, all your um, protection zones. He wants to take all of those systems that you've created that, that protect you from, around, from, from those, those harshnesses of life. And he wants to say, my love is enough. You are complete when you know me. You are whole when you know me. You will become strong when you allow my strength to become your strength. You know, when I, when I pray for you as a church, when I look at what God... You know, I was sitting yesterday at a, at a um, former politician's house talking to all these crazy people, um, so some of the richest people in Noosa, some of the former and current politicians, and, and here's, here I am chatting to these guys. I know nothing, you know, compared to these guys about history and what got, what, what's happened in, in and what's going to happen. And I'm going, Father, I am so far out of my depth here, I don't even know what to do. And uh, he's saying, just be present. He's saying, I, I haven't asked you to do anything. I've just asked you to turn up. I've just asked you to turn up and be faithful, and then I'll do it. I, you know, I think, that I, I think I've got a scripture down the track that says, you know, our job is to serve. And then at the right time, he will raise us up, or he will raise someone up. He will, he will do some business, but the call on us is to be present and to continually release hope. Continually dance with your heavenly Father in the presence of unease, in the presence of the unknown, in the, cha- in the presence of challenge. You know, for decades, we've been working hard to build a healthy church. And the simple reality of a healthy church is people who know God. People who know God, that's what a healthy church is. And they become visible to those around them. People know God, who know God are visible because they are strong. They don't receive offence. They receive the strength of God. People who, who know God are visible because they're doing great exploits. They're visible because they're dancing in the rain. I'd love for you to take that picture home of that couple in Kuwait in that bunker dancing the waltz in the middle of fear, in the middle of unbelief, in the middle of terror, in the middle of what is Saddam Hussein going to do, in the middle of what, all the what-ifs of life. They said, one thing we do know is that we have a love for one another. And God's saying, if you know one thing, know that I love you. Not because you've done anything, but simply because I'm your dad. Simply because... You allowed me to adopt you into my household. In fact, he loved you before you were adopted. When you became adopted, you were showing your love to him. You see, knowing God enables us to move beyond the work of solving ourselves. I don't know about you, but I've been spending the last... 30 years trying to solve myself. Have you ever gone on the journey of trying to solve yourself? Why do I think like this? Why do I act like this? Why do I respond like this? Why, do, why can't I do the, that like that person does it? Why, you know, is, is, am, I, am I held back because of something that I need to solve in my life? Do I need to keep digging into my past to try and figure out how I can get free from something that was three generations ago? Here's the thing. When you know God, you know peace. And I think a lot of times we, we spend so much time trying to solve ourselves and not enough time trying to get to know our Heavenly Father. 
our goal, our heart for you this year is that you would get to know God. There's going to be aspects of our lives that, we need to, that, we can, that we're going to walk. I'm not asking you to not do those things. I'm asking you to, to, to have a red-hot go at getting to know your Heavenly Father. Come to our couples retreat for 2018 and get to know your Heavenly Father. Come to your family therapy where we get to learn how to talk. We get to learn how to ask and seek and knock. And we get to move beyond the work of solving ourselves. And we can become like Daniel and be servants of the city. A city that doesn't know God, but we're not vulnerable to the city because our anchor, our strength, our substance goes deeper than what the city is. See, the city of this, the, the, the community of Nusa is, is only as deep as its relationship with God. And when you walk into that community, you are vulnerable according to the depth of your relationship with God. See, we don't like our kids going out into the world because we think the world is going to impact them. The issue is not that that the world is a fearful place. The issue is the fact that when we go to the world, we don't know God. He wants you, he's saying, will you receive my love and return it? Will you draw your substance from me so that you're not vulnerable to draw your substance from the world? Then, we can accept the responsibility for the spiritual, for the cultural, for the social well-being of this place that we call home. You know, in church, sometimes we get caught looking for the next Christian book. Oh, have you read the latest book by so-and-so? You listen to the latest song. Do you know what I think? I think we need less books about being a Christian and more books about life written by people who know God. We need people who are positioned well in our community and showing the love of God in everything that they do. We need dancers in our community doing doing the dance, doing the divine dance with God, showing hope and love to those around them. And it's not hard. You don't need to learn the steps. You don't need to be able to dance as good as me. One day, maybe. But here's the thing. If you know God... You will be a dancer without even realising it. You will be dancing without even realising it. You will be releasing hope and courage without even realising that you're doing it. Simply because they see something in you. You're overwhelmed with the love of God and that something that overwhelms you overflows out of you and something that overflows out of you is contaminating those around you. So let's contaminate this community with the love of God that is overflowing out of our lives because we've spent so much time getting to know Him, becoming more aware of His presence. We don't need to get into the presence of God. We need to become aware of the presence of God. We spend a lot of time seeking His presence, but we actually need to to become aware that He is always, everywhere, active, powerful, all-knowing, full of substance, and always at work. And when we get our head around that, when we're present at the right time, He will raise us up, and we will make a difference. We want to look beyond this congregation. We want to take time to listen to each other as followers of Christ and dream about what God's up to in this community of Noosa, in this state of Queensland, in this nation of Australia. What are, 
what are, you know, some of the things that we see in the natural, you know, I mean, if you saw the opening ceremony of the, of the, um, the Winter Olympics, there were 1,200 drones in the sky. Did you see that? 1,200 drones that someone had programmed their flight plan so that they would take the shape of a snowboarder in the sky going down the hill and then they changed shape and became the Olympic rings. Can you fathom the genius that put that together? That genius was created in the image of God. That genius, that creator, that image of God is in you. And here's the thing. A lot of times we connect out of our brokenness and God wants us to connect out of his substance, not out of our brokenness. God's saying, my substance is in you and as you get to know it, I will reveal my image in you. And when you see my image, one, you will understand worship and two, you will understand how to be changers of culture and shapers of communities. We've got all sorts of guests coming this year. In a couple of weeks' time, we have one of the biggest shipbuilders in Australia coming to speak to us. And he, he's, he's not a pastor. He's a, he builds ships. He builds ships for the military, for, for pleasure craft and for, for shipping companies. And he's, all, he's very influential in our nation. And he is a lover of God. He is a man of substance. He is someone who taps deep into, into, the, into the, to, to the roots and the grounds of God's love and then releases it in a practical way. We've got an eight-term politician coming in April to come and talk to us about, you know, how to stand in a political atmosphere that, is, that has been corrupted by accusation and, and all sorts of crazy things. How do we remain present and faithful as believers in Babylon like Daniel did? How do we, how do we learn how to pray while we position ourselves in the middle of brokenness? How do we learn to, to sit at a table with our Lord in the midst of of our enemy. 1 Peter 5, verse 5. This is that scripture. Wrap yourselves in humility to be servants of each other because God refuses the proud and will always favour the humble. Bow down then before the power of God now and he will raise you up on the appointed day. Unload all your worries on him since he is looking after you. Most of the time, it's about simply being present. It's about turning up. And then suddenly, notice how the Bible always says, and then suddenly, on the appointed day, he will raise you up. You know, Daniel was in in Babylon for 70 years. And if you read the book of Daniel, he does like three things. What was he doing the rest of the 70 years while he was there? He was just present. He was hanging out with the satraps and the soothsayers and all the crazy people. He was, eating his, he was eating his veggies and they were eating their king's delicacies. He was praying three times a day and they were trying to figure out how they could kill him. You know, all sorts of crazy, just fun stuff living in Babylon. But we don't know when the appointed day is. We do know that we need to constantly become aware of God's presence. We need to constantly get to know him. We need to constantly be asking, be seeking and be knocking, saying, Lord, what is your will for this community? How can I get on board? I was down speaking to the, to the, to our, the college students at our Bible college in Caloundra and I was challenging them that, that, that around that verse of seek first the kingdom of God. You know, God has, you, you know, when I drive my car, I've got automatic high beam and low beam. 
So, and the, the lights turn on and it drives along with high beam and then it sees another car and it automatically drops it to low beam. Amazing. It usually blinds them just for a second and then it drops it down. But uh, it's not as accurate as, you know. And it's also got automatic window washers. So when it starts raining, the window wipers just come on. It's amazing. This is the thing that God wants to do in your life. He's saying, if you will seek my kingdom first, I will turn your washers on. When you seek my kingdom first, I will teach you a diplomacy so that you don't blind people with your accusation. You don't spend your whole time trying to correct the, the lost. You'll spend a lot more of your time trying to connect to the lost. God wants us to be people who, what do they say is a, you know, a diplomat? The definition of a diplomat is what? Someone who always remembers his wife's birthday, but never remembers his wife's age. He wants us to be people who connect to the lost, not spend all of our time trying to correct the lost. Our job is not to be the behaviour managers of society. Our job is to be the relationship counsellors of our nation and say, hey, look, there's Jesus. Why don't we go and hang out with him and see what he's up to today? Hey, God is, not, he, God is my dad. He is my heavenly dad. He, wants to, he says, call me Abba, Father. He's saying, when you pray, say, heavenly dad. He wants us to know him. And when we know him, we will find freedom. And when we find freedom, we will discover purpose. And when we discover purpose, we will make a difference. Now that's living. We are going to become more intentional in adding value to our community this year. We're going to become more intentional in connecting to those around us. You know, I'm constantly praying that God will break our heart for the lost. Lord, give us the gift of tears. Give us the gift. Tears are a gift. You know, as men, we hate, we, we think tears are, is a sign of weakness. But he, I believe this year he's going to give us the gift of tears. He's going to break our heart for the lost. He's going to set us free of our... Of our uh, of our over-testosterone nature, men. He's going to give us a compassion that Christ had. Most of the time, these days, we're looking for certainty. And here's the thing, knowing God is not being certain in all things, but it gives us freedom to live in mystery and ambiguity and dance with God. And everyone else is trying to solve humanity and we're saying, we don't know about humanity, but I know that when I'm in the presence of God, when I acknowledge the goodness of God, everything seems better. I know that I've got the ability to see more clearly. I can ha- I, my imagination is set free to be able to imagine what God is doing and how I can be a part of it. We can live in the tension of the now and the not yet. We become bridge builders. God wants to say we are bridge builders. And guess what? You cannot build a bridge from the middle. Our job is not to tread water between the world and the, and the church. Our job is not to tread water between heaven and earth. Our job is to build our life on the foundation of the cornerstone of Christ. And when we do that, we become living stones and we begin to build a bridge from the place of humility. And what is Christ? He is the most humble servant you have ever met. He, he says, I did not come to be served, but to serve. 
And as we build our lives on the foundation, as we break ourselves on the rock of Christ, then we become living stones and people who get to walk over, not in condemnation, but they see us dance and they go, wow, when I'm around you, I feel free. When I'm around you, I feel hope. Why? Because they are experiencing the hope of God that is in you and they are at peace until they gain that hope for themselves. Holy Spirit is stirring your hearts this year. Your heavenly dad has got his eye on you. And he's saying, will you experience my love afresh this year? Will you allow me to engage more deeply with you? You know, there's a lot of building happening around this property this year. We've got our A2 renovations. Hopefully, we're going to have a state-of-the-art facility that, that um, is ear-bleedingly loud and the base punches you in the chest and almost knocks you over and the, and the floor is bulletproof so that they can pour anything on it and it just evaporates into all these amazing things. You can run into the wall and you don't get hurt and neither does the wall. All these amazing things. We've got our, this ama- our extension of the community arm. We've got... We've got all sorts of crazy building products, which is a great sign that the the church is healthy. But here's the thing. In the midst of doing the work of God, in the midst of building God's, God's house, let us not neglect knowing God. There are so many things that we can do for God. And God says, but the number one thing must be that you know me, that you seek me, that you, that you connect to me as your heavenly father, that, you, that, you don't, that you're not trying to earn my love, that you accept my love and pass it on to those around you. This place here is not the end game of our faith. This is the family dinner. This is the petrol station. This is the hospital. This is the university of our faith. The work is like Daniel and Joseph and Esther. It's out there. God is calling you out there. And he's saying, if you will get to know me as you step into my will, not only will you know me and people get free, but you will gain a healing at the same time. Where is the favor of God? Where is the healing presence of God? It's right in smack in the middle of the will of God. So our goal is not to get healed. Our goal is not to get free. Our goal is to get into the will of God and to know him. And then when we do, we walk in his liberty. We walk in his substance. We draw from his sustenance. And then all of a sudden, we start producing beautiful leaves. And the healing of our nation is in the leaves of the trees of those people who are rooted and grounded in the love of God. So let's give it a red hot go, church. It's a year of getting anchored. We're going to become like that couple in Kuwait, dancing. We are going to emanate Psalm 23 in our lives. Those who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. I give you permission not to worry about being strong or carrying out great exploits, not to worry about dancing. Don't stress if you can't dance because when you get to know God, you will take on the rhythm of heaven. And when you take on the rhythm of heaven and the Holy Spirit starts flowing through you, you will be dancing like you've never danced before. 
and people will want to draw from what's in you. When we know God, we find freedom. When we find freedom, we discover purpose. When we discover purpose, we make a difference. That's living. That's living church. Why don't you stand with me? Let's pray this morning. Are you with me? Father, we are in awe of you. Heavenly Dad, we declare our love for you this morning. We receive your love this morning. We receive it afresh. May the weight of your life come upon us and may it push down the things that have been that we've been using to protect ourselves. Lord, may we may we understand what it means to walk in your presence, walk in true faith, Father. We don't want to be anchored by our own protection, Father. We want to be anchored to the chief cornerstone. Lord, we want to know you. We want to serve you. We want to be bridge bridge builders of your kingdom, Lord. We want to see people, Lord, connected to you, not corrected by us, Father. We want to just just be, be emanators of hope. Lord, we want to partake of a meal with you in the presence of our enemies, Lord. We want, to be, we want to be hope givers, Lord. We want to see people, Lord, who step into our atmosphere and feel your atmosphere, Lord. So touch us afresh this year, Lord. We want to declare our intentions before you that are to, they are to get to know you like we never have before. Lord, we want to seek your kingdom like we never have before, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you are the owner of the cattle on a thousand hills, Lord. We thank you that you are the creator, Lord. We we thank you that, that your, your, your capacity knows no bounds. Nothing is impossible, Lord. We remind ourselves of that before you, Lord. So when we anchor ourselves to you, Lord, we ask that your favor and your grace would flow through us and bless those in our community. And we lift up this community of Noosa, this shire of Noosa, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would, that you would use us. Lord, we give you permission that your grace and your hope would flow through us into those around us and that they may come to know you. And we ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. May your blessing reign on your people this morning, Lord. May your favour reign, Lord. May your love become weighty in this place. As we worship, Lord, we receive your love. And we ask that you would break our hearts for the lost and those who don't know you. In the mighty name of Jesus, all I said together, amen. Amen. Come on, church.